Hello and welcome everyone. Welcome to our latest edition of todebate.net. I am Sebastian and my co-host here is Dirk. Hi Dirk, how are you today? So and so, well prepared yet um, close to a cold. So maybe you hear it in my voice. I'm, I'm mimicking. You're not ready for your debate. Ah, I'm so oh, ready. Yeah. I was born ready for debating with you. But maybe you hear my, my raspy um, voice here. It's pretty similar to your, your voice last time. I know. Yeah, I was about to say something to that tune. But just that people know, we're not at recording this in person. Right? We're actually at distance when we record this. You're looking at me with strange eyes. Yeah, I'm not, see you not recording video. that in person. No. I can tell you I'm definitely recording that in person. What do you mean? I'm personally <laughs> here. It's not an avatar. I'm not an AI. You know, our machine overlords have not yet taken over. <laughs> I have not tried to contaminate you. I've only <laughs> sent you these, uh, you know, white powder envelopes, which apparently your wife and your children have opened, but they were sent to you. So no, I have not tried to contaminate you. Hmm. Sending In fact, white actually talking about these letters and these envelopes containing white powder, I think that's a perfect transition for uh, the motion we're going to debate on today, isn't it? Uh, what kind of segue? You're a segue master of today. <laughs> I completely improvised that one. Yeah. But today's, today's motion is targeted extrajudicial killings are necessary. Ooh, that's kind of a dreary topic. And... Again, as always, we have flipped the coin, or rather, I should say, Dirk has flipped the coin. And the result of that was I have to defend the motion. I will be in favor of the motion, which is targeted killings are necessary, while you, Dirk, will be against it. Yeah. And yes, I flipped okay. the coin. At some point, I'm going to put out videos to just prove that I flipped the coin. <laughs> uh, with videos, you can do anything nowadays. You can even you know, pretend you're inauguration crowd was bigger way bigger than ever before in the history of mankind period so period <laughs> <laughs> it's a tough one today for me it's a tough i have to defend murder and assassination which is <laughs> exactly my <laughs> cup of tea you know as a as a profound european uh, as a profound frenchman it is particularly my cup of tea to defend assassination great yeah well but i will do that today so hear me out you ready? I've got two minutes. I'm ready. Go ahead. Okay, let's do this. Sebastian goes first and argues for the motion. Killing someone without a court of justice giving the right to do so is indeed a very difficult position to defend. In fact, I expect most of you listeners to be strictly against that option to murder anyone. And yes, let's call things by their names. Murder anyone in what appears to be a breach of legality. I have, however, as I said, been randomly assigned to defend that motion that some very targeted killings are indeed necessary. So please bear with me. I'll try to convince you that it's worth considering, just as I have tried to, to find reasonable arguments to convince myself. So let me start by emphasizing one word. It is necessary to proceed to targeted killings. Necessary, but far from ideal. And I do acknowledge that the notion of killing someone without a trial, and in fact, even with one, for that matter, as I'm generally, I am personally against the death penalty, the notion of killing someone without a trial appears repulsive, even if it turns out there is some legal backing to support that assassination. Yet, it is easier to be disgusted from the comfort of our homes than to take a decision on what to do when we have evidence 
that someone is planning a monstrous, deadly attack on hundreds of innocent people. What shall we do in that case? Yes, of course, arresting him, bringing evidence at a trial is the fairest ideal option. But what if we don't have that option? What if that person, whom everyone knows is a terrorist, is out of reach for a possible arrest? Do we wait? How would we feel if it were our children, our siblings, our parents, our spouse, who ended up killed because we did not manage to arrest the terrorist beforehand? What if, by launching a missile with a drone, we were guaranteed that this terrorist would be taken out, killed, and thus his deadly plans would never materialize? What if we had managed to kill Ben Laden before his plans on the World Trade Center? Would we have saved 3,000 lives? Yes, the decision to launch that missile is very difficult, especially with risk of collateral damage and innocent people being killed. It is a Cornelian choice, a dilemma, potentially kill a few lives, even a few innocent ones, to save hundreds of lives. Yes, let's resort to targeted killings when it becomes absolutely necessary, when we no longer have any other option left. Now, it's Dirk's turn. Let's hear his argument. Okay, let's put that a little bit into uh, real numbers, Sebastian, because you talk about necessary killings and you talk about terrorists that be are being killed. You know what? The U.S. government and the U.S. is not the only country doing targeted killings and drones are not the only way of doing killings. But the U.S. government put quite a lot of effort into their drone program giving the illusion that this is somehow a precision strike, like the ideal picture. You know where the terrorist is, you send the drone there, it's going to shoot a missile, and then the terrorist and his five closest friends are dead. Um, they put out numbers in statistics. They admitted to have killed 2,581 combatants. Now, what is a combatant? Technically, that is someone close to uh, soldiers, someone who's actually fighting a war. Uh, what is it in truth? There are several hundred children, there are several hundred women in there, there are several hundred civilians. So those combatants, since it's not happening in a war zone, you can make an argument, all of them are civilians. But even if we consider that there is a sizable number of bad people among those combatants, it's still a lot of kids, a lot of women that we just kill by saying it's necessary to deal with a terrorist. And who is deciding who's a terrorist and who's not? The government itself. In most countries that do uh, targeted killings, it's one or two or maybe five people that make that decision. Then it's done in secret by agencies like the CIA. No one has an oversight. And if it's going wrong, well, we only care if it's Westerners that are uh, accidentally killed in the process. Everyone else, we don't care anyway. And no one really is responsible for the whole thing. So... I, I spare you going through the U Universal Declaration of Human Rights. There are 30 articles in that declaration and uh, targeted killings are basically an affront against, well, I would say almost all of them, but uh, there are more than five that are really directly violated by that. Not speaking of the fact that uh, you, are, you are an acting murder on the foreign soil, that you basically do an act of war, which no one could, would, uh, would allow if, if it's not a powerful nation doing it, and all the other arguments I can use my three minutes for. Sebastian, let's hear his rebuttal. Let me be clear, I'm not condoning the past nor current use of targeted killings by Americans or Frenchmen, by the way, since I believe we're just admitted of doing the same thing. I'm not here to defend any government or any government's use, but rather to debate on the principle, Dirk, and the practical decisions that need to be taken. 
that need to be taken. I'd like to explore with you whether there is a possibility to kill a terrorist, a human being, and overall still be okay with it, even if we may end up being sleepless at night over that decision. And let's talk about ethics and morals. Dirk, do you know the fat man story? Here goes the short version of that story. A crazy cargo train with no one on board is going full speed and will kill five people who are walking on the tracks. Guaranteed. You happen to be on the bridge uh, overlooking that railroad and a man, a fat man, is peering over the edge of the bridge. If you were to push that man over the bridge, that fat man, his body would derail the train and save the five people who do not see the train coming. So what do you do in that case? Do you just do nothing? Do you just touch the fat man and let him fall on the railroad because it will derail the train and save five lives? What if you only had to press a button, right? You're not seeing the person. You're actually pressing a button, but it will you know, be a robot pushing that fat man. The situation is very similar to what we're debating currently. Legally, you would still have committed a crime if you had pushed the fat man. In a context of war, targeted killings without a proper trial, it's a given. That's fine. It's not great. It's fine. In times of peace, this is the problem. And there is some legal rationale, which is called self-defense. Article 51 of the UN Charter, which you mentioned, since you were mentioning the UN Charter. It does stand on shaky grounds, for sure, as we haven't been attacked yet. But that's the whole point, to preemptively avoid something absolutely dreadful from happening. Can we be absolutely, absolutely certain that it would have happened? Of course not. Nobody can predict the future. But we have strong reasons, probabilities, to feel confident that we took the right choice. Again, as much as we may dislike Americans, some of us do, or rather the US government, let's not caricature anyone, not even Americans. It's not just Americans who resort to that option, as I said. Let's not be blind. But let's focus on what is at stake. This is a very difficult choice to make, and we can define very strict rules. I suggest we have a very solid process to drop that kill list in what conditions we can use the power to send a drone located, loaded with missiles. For instance, I'm not saying that what the US does is, or how they define combatants is a good definition. Uh, I think you're slightly wrong on, your, on the definition that you use. They consider combatants anyone who's a male over 18. We can restrict that list to known terrorists. And in fact, over time, they will have more high pre pre precision weaponry. So there will be no or almost none in terms of civilian casualties. So the real issue is not that one. It's focused on whether it makes sense or not to, when we can't arrest someone, when it makes sense to kill, it makes sense to kill the leader of a terrorist organization, when there is an imminent threat, whether we can take them out. And I'm saying yes, if we cannot prosecute them, let alone arrest them, I suggest that we do kill that terrorist. Next up, Dirk. I like that fat man uh, analogy you just picked. That's a standard puzzle for ethics students. Um, and there are multiple variations of it. What if it's an attractive woman? What if uh, the, the person that dies in the process has a uncurable cancer? What if you just have a random choice generator and it might be that this happens? All these kind of things. But you also gave the counter argument to that. We are massively biased. We have, are massively biased. Yes, a, sim a situation is similar, but there is no way that we really do that kind of targeted killing that you say. Uh, first off, indeed, it is not possible to know. And secondly, 
so far in the past decades, no matter how many times uh, the news and the state propaganda tries to tell us that there is such a thing like a clean and targeted strike, there is no such thing. Um, there, you could even go as far that uh, even the threat of drone strikes is borderline torture. Imagine you live in a city where uh, every every flying object that comes your way might be a potential drone hunting a terrorist that might be in your neighborhood. Uh, we can argue that actually these kind of things create more terrorism in the process, is not are not helping the cause, and even if they could kill the terrorist precisely which what they which in fact is not a reality well even if they could you have three others who have seen that and are the next terrorists and in end effect um we are fighting a war here without declaring a war And that's uh, another argument. Where do you draw the line in the sand? Uh, one one nation's terrorist is another nation's freedom fighters. That's a commonplace, and it's true here as well. And we are defending ourselves by having the moral high ground. We are the one with the universal declaration of human rights. We are the one with the freedom, and the bad terrorists attack our freedom. And we demonstrate how, how important the universal uh, declaration of human rights and our freedom rights are by sending illegally... Uh, um, forces into a foreign country and kill people come on that's that's it's morally wrong it's ethically wrong it's for practical reasons impossible to really just kill the quote-unquote terrorist not speaking that you actually have no way of knowing if someone is really a terrorist you just declare it that way and uh therefore uh targeted killings of any kind uh should be should be completely out of the question And I'm not even getting into the question how we really trust uh, any agency like the CIA, for instance, to bring any any proof that someone is really that kind of threat to national security. If we have the technology necessary to really make sure that we kill the right people, then we definitely also have the technology to make sure that we can uh, catch them and uh, retain them. And then we have another debate on our hands whether or not uh, death penalty is an interesting option for them. But that's a completely different choice because then you actually have a right to a fair trial, which is indeed part of our Universal Declaration of Human Rights. Final Statements Drawing the line is difficult, you say. Is it that difficult? Which government defended bin Laden? Tell me. Which government currently defends al-Baghdadi, the leader of ISIS? I don't know of any government. And we don't have to have a very long list. It can be just a few names. Killing a human being remains terrible, whoever that person is. Killing them without giving them a fair trial appears quite impossible to accept at first. And yet, and yet, while that person is a known terrorist, again, think of al-Baghdadi, the leader of ISIS, I insist when we know they have murdered or will commit murder, that person hides, refuses to surrender. What can we do? Do we wait, do nothing? Do we stand warm at home on our grand principles of morals and justice? Do we feel anything when hundreds of children and women die as a result of a terrorist attack in Nigeria or in Iraq? Let's open our eyes. There's an argument of practicality indeed. High precision weaponry will exist. It doesn't have to be drones. Arresting someone alive is way more difficult. It actually works to decimate the leadership, just like Al-Waki in Yemen a few years ago. I'm not saying it's easy. I'm saying it's necessary. Used as a last result option when the threat is absolutely imminent, even if it's very difficult to assess the imminence of a threat. It's not easy to take that decision, I know. Dirk, let's hear it. I disagree. There is no such precision weapon, or otherwise we would use it. Drones costs millions. 
it's still it's still less money than sending in full troops. I agree. It's still less money than uh, than uh, real full fledged war costs, but they cost millions. And operating them requires an infrastructure that spans the globe. If we would spend that kind of money helping uh, regions like the regions ISIS uh, conquers right now, maybe we wouldn't have had that many terrorists. So I, I'm not following the argument that because there is someone we all believe is a terrorist, we should allow for extrajudicial killing, especially since it's not removing the problem. If we, if we kill the leader of ISIS, another leader of ISIS is going to step up. If we kill that person, another leader is going to step up. And with every attempt to kill that person, we kill additional children, women, combatants, uh, however you want to define it, people that were innocent. And I think sending killing machines or killing tw uh, um, um, uh, groups of specialists, uh, trained killers, basically, that we call uh, covered operation people, well... It's just actually beyond... Well, it's not beyond us, but it should be. Okay, thanks for listening to today's debate. As usual, please vote on our website, todebate.net, and also join the conversation on Facebook, Google+, Pinterest, Twitter. We have everything you can dream of and uh, social media thanks again for listening and uh well stay tuned for our next debate uh it's against our own moral principles so basically we cannot we cannot we cannot walk the earth and saying hey we are we are the ones that actually are the free societies and look at bad putin and bad uh whoever ever I, uh, and yeah. and on on the other hand we're doing the same thing like like uh, as long as we do it in foreign countries uh, it's it's okay <laughs> well maybe or maybe hey actually what you say you should have said this before because then I would have reacted to that and I would have said, well, maybe, you know what? The kill list should not be owned by a single government. Maybe the UN Security Council should decide on it because I don't see the UN Security Council saying, oh, al-Baghdadi deserves a fair trial, right? So we will, we will send him as the UN Security Council where you have Russia, China, the US, France and Great Britain, right? They can send a notice, a warrant of arrest to al-Baghdadi and say, you show up in New York, to have a trial because you've committed what we think are assassinations of civilians. If you don't show up within 90 days, we will send a drone on our behalf, the United Nations, to kill you. I, I arrive, I, it's as stupid and as romantic that sounds, but I arrive at the human rights at the point that even the worst criminal has a right um, to, to, uh, to his life. And you, you said... What if I can save lives uh, by killing someone? The fact of the matter is, there are plenty of ways to save lives. Uh, killing may be one of them. Killing may be even the, the um, cost-sensitive one, if you think of it. But it's pretty cynical. And I, um, as a society, we, we strive to be beyond that. Because with the same line of argument, you can, you can uh, argue killing people that cost the society. You can argue killing people that are... Um, guilty of crime because it no, hang on hang on hang on this is why i insisted and i i maybe i did not put enough emphasis on it 
I said the list should be restricted to a known list of terrorists. I didn't say any kind of criminal. And who is a terrorist? And in fact, in our post-debate, this is where I'm arguing that maybe it should be a cross-country list. And not a single country uh, would be allowed to do that. Because indeed, otherwise, it opens the, the, the road to any kind of arbitrary killings. And this is what I'm trying to say. Honestly, like Bin Laden, al-Baghdadi, al-Awaki, who, which government would have defended them? I don't know. None. That would require the global community to subscribe to the United Nations. That's that's in itself is not a given. Um, it would require that we all agree on a definition of a terrorist. By the way, that's also not a given. It's a spectrum. There are pe there are people that are called terrorists that other called freedom fighters. The reason why I become passionate about this is because I was very uncomfortable defending that position. I, you know what? In the I end, in the end, I think, in the end, I think there are very, very few extreme cases that are as clear as you depicted. I'm not even sure if they are really as clear to everyone. Um, and I'm, I'm always uh, stopping at two points. First off. By having that, that show of hands and uh, basically sentence someone to death um, by the UN or whatever, um, you remove that whole trial thing. Um, it's, it's all of a sudden basically a question of who is in power and wants whom to, be, uh, to get killed. And I definitely am I'm, I'm very sure that there are less cases where it's as clear as with the leader of ISIS then we have these killings. So there are plenty of killings happening just to, to destabilize governments, just because someone is, uh, is having a, a bad time with someone else, just because of power struggles. Uh, there are countries in this world where there are thousands of killings like that, just op uh, opposition. And they call each other terrorists. And I think having, having these kind of killing machinery in place is also a form of terrorism. Because what you do is you put your enemy in, 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 uh, in a state where they have to fear for their lives. And you, have, you put everyone... And yes, theoretically, it might be that uh, there is at some future that precision uh, instrument where, uh, which you can use to kill someone. But reality is, it's not. And uh, you, you can never know, if you walk through Baghdad, you can never know if not uh, the next, next sound you hear is a drone strike um, killing I, someone next I, to you. I agree with you. And again, this is why I was not defending any government, because I, I don't feel comfortable with the way it is being done. And maybe in my theoretical speech, I was actually mentioning just a few names, and we could probably add a few names like the various leaders of Al-Qaeda in Sub-Saharan Africa. And you have probably like, I don't the, know, 10 people, where it's as clear. In Nigeria. You have in the end, you have, in the end, you have like 10 people that are that crystal clear, and, and And I would say if there's an imminent threat of them committing mass murder, I would say, and you have no other option, yes, then this is why I'm, I'm trying to convince myself this is indeed the best option left. I'm going to make a joke. Ready? <laughs> it's not ready. <laughs> I, haven't, I haven't made the joke yet. You're already laughing. <laughs> like, I need to say I'm going to make a joke. With the okay. like, nah, yeah, All right. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Make, make yeah, the joke. Me. Make a joke. The joke was that, <laughs> the joke that I was going to say was that just a reference to a debate last week saying we will agree there is one category of population that does not fit the bill, that is not, is not part of the club, and that is racists. <laughs> 
These ones, it's okay <laughs> to get rid of. Yeah, I'm it's just, okay I'm to just punch kidding. racists, right? Uh, <laughs> exactly. Then I'm part of the same race, uh, after yeah, all, yeah, right? Right. And I'm not racist.